What we started looking at last week was how God calls us to work to a different, or really God is, is elevating work to a noble level because God himself works. God himself is at work. He's assigned us the role and responsibilities of work. And so there is a tremendous opportunity that we have to be able to really um, work in this world. He has, anytime we go to work or we set our hand to work, we're really doing something that he has made noble. And so we began last week by looking at um, what Scripture teaches in the first few chapters of the Bible, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and how work started, but then how work really began to crumble and get far more toilsome and difficult. And so today what I want to do is look at this issue of how do I work wholeheartedly? Now, this idea of working wholeheartedly may seem like an oxymoron when you apply it to work, because wholehearted is for the weekend, and half-hearted seems like that's for the work week, you know. We want to apply half of our heart when we go to work. That's what comes quite naturally, and that's the most common sentiment these days. That's why when you surf on the Internet and you search for, you know, work, here's some of the things you find about work. I wonder how much work I'll have to do today to make it look like I actually did work today. Or this guy. How I look when I leave work knowing I did nothing the whole day. Now, if you're a boss, this may frustrate you. If you're an employee, you may identify on some level. Or the third one here. Sometimes the best part of my job is that my chair swivels. Hopefully you don't have that employee. Now, this is not what we mean when we say 100% wholehearted work. But when we approach work in these ways and we start just making work about counting down the minutes, none of us really like to live like that. Just like we looked at last week, God, you know, work comes from God. Because of that, he puts meaning into work, even in things that we would say are mundane responsibilities, whether it is at home, whether your work is you're at home, you're raising kids or you're at an office. He puts meaning into all of that. And since work is from God, God calls us to work to a different standard. We have just a few, one passage I want to look at in Ephesians, and this is on your listening guide, but God calls you and I to work to a very different standard than, he, than, the, work, than the world works towards. When you look up the word wholehearted, you see this definition. Here's what it means to work wholeheartedly. Having or showing no doubt or uncertainty about doing something or supporting someone. So you're working with your whole heart. You're, you're all in. Or, second, this is an interesting definition, completely and sincerely devoted, determined, or enthusiastic. Now think about your work week that you're coming out of, okay? Run that through this filter of that definition. Was I, last week, completely and sincerely devoted, determined, and enthusiastic about my work? This standard of work really adds tremendous value to a business, to a family. When we work with our whole heart, the whole organization um, really grows, more successful. The family thrives. The church um, is more on mission and on track. The team is more, you know, they they win together. Um, If I'm on a team or a workforce and someone on that team is working with their whole heart, then I, I can draft off of, what they're doing, and it really it, it raises the quality even of my own work. And so we're going to look at some of the instructions from the Bible that gives us insight into this whole idea of, 
of working to a different standard. We're going to look at Paul's letter to, um, to the uh, church in Ephesus. Look at Paul's letter in chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Um, this was written in a time where there was, in the Roman Empire, there was, um, in the New Testament, when it was being written, there was, slavery was really a normal part of life. Many people were born into slavery. Um, some became slaves during periods of conquest and war. Some people would um, put themselves under a slave owner in order to be provided for. And about one-third of the population in the Roman Empire were slaves at the time when the New Testament was written. And conditions and treatment of, of slaves were beginning to improve. Many slave owners actually began to really take um, care and um, treated their um, slaves as better than people who were free men. And so um, most slaves were assured of food, clothing. They, had, uh, they ate well. They dressed oftentimes better than freed men. And, but the scripture, um, you start seeing in the New Testament this idea of how slavery's condition or the conditions of slaves was beginning to improve and how people were beginning to buy their freedom and, or after their um, slave owner died, they could, they could have freedom. Some people chose not to because they wanted to be cared for by a family and by a master. But that's the context when Paul is writing this letter. And so his words here regarding slaves towards their masters and masters towards their slaves helps us understand a perspective on working to a different standard because um, in many situations it's very harsh treatment. And so that's the, that's the perspective. So look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. It says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling. Um, it's giving them a certain level of, of respect and there's this eagerness to do your duty. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart. Not double-minded, but, you know, at the core of who you are, really try to work and obey in a certain way, as you would Christ, okay? As you would Christ. He's comparing devotion to Christ to the devotion and honor that you would give to your leader, basically, to the one who's in charge. Not by way of eye service. That eye service is a you know, being as people pleasers. That's, that's the idea of when the boss is watching, I'm giving him my service. You know, when the boss is in the room, he's watching me, I'm going to give him my service. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be making sure like I'm, I'm working with my whole heart. But when he's out of there, I'm just going to go about what I want to do. So Paul says, just like you're devoted to Christ, you ought to be devoted all the time. Work to your master in that same way. Not as I service, as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ Doing the will of God from the heart. Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. God is really paying attention. And so there's to be this, there's to be this quality of work. Paul, he raises a few issues here. One is the issue of consistent work. Not just, again, not just when the boss is around. So think about your quality of work when the boss is around. Does it change when he's not around? He or she's not around. Paul says that they're to work not by way of eye service. Now this imagery here, as I was studying this um, picture, I, I came across as I was studying this and really just thinking about what does this look like in my life? How has this looked in, my, in the jobs I've worked or in the jobs that we probably work in the church? Um, and I came across this article 
that a friend sent to me a while back. And I thought, you know what, this is really fitting to this phrase that Paul is, is instructing them on. Look at this. Um, there's this article by a man named Michael Hyatt, and he, he writes in this business leadership article. He says, I hire people if the batteries are included. If the batteries are included. Now, here's the gist. Some gadgets, when you buy them, you get them for your kids at Christmas. Um, sometimes they come with the batteries included. Those are the really killer gifts because you're like, yeah, I get to play with it right now. Sometimes it's a great gift, but there's no batteries included, and you don't have the right batteries at home. And so you're pretty bummed out because it's, it's, like, it's useful but not right now. It, and he says it's the same thing with people. He says, you know, some people come to work with the batteries included. Some people come to the work come to work without the batteries included. And he basically divides people into two categories in this in this article that I read. One of the groups he says, these are the people that have their own energy source. Those are the people with batteries. And then there's these other people that they are dependent on others to get energy to do their job. They need other people to keep them motivated. Um, those are the people without batteries. And he, he makes this interesting quote. He says, almost every work environment, now think about this, if you're a boss or if you're an employee, almost every work environment has a couple or more people who drain the team members around them. And he says this, I'm willing to help people without batteries, meaning he wants to coach people, he wants to help people develop. He says, but I'm not willing to hire them. goes on and says, I want everyone in my organization to have their own battery pack. If they don't, they just deplete everyone else. I want people working to grow my business and reach their potential, not wasting every or energy making up for someone's character deficit. And he gives these, look at this next slide, he gives these five signs of people that are draining the team. This can exist in a family, this can exist in a church, it certainly can exist on a workforce. Those without batteries, they enjoy and create drama, they gossip and backbite, they complain about everything, they need constant supervision. That's the same issue that Paul is addressing when he's saying, not by way of eye service. People with batteries included are self-starting, they're self-directed, they're you know, they don't need people to get them motivated and moving. And so if you hire people like this, you spend all your time really managing marginal producers is what this guy is writing. The fifth thing he says, they won't accept responsibility. Healthy people take, a, you know, they take accountability for their actions. But people who really don't have the batteries included, he's saying, they, they try to avoid responsibility constantly. They won't make commitments. They won't hold up their end of the deal when it comes to seeing outcomes. Back to Ephesians 6, look at what Paul says. If you look back at the, uh, at the passage, you see in verse 5, he says, he's talking about this whole idea of working with inner motivation. When you go to work, or even just when you get up in the morning, if you're raising kids, Paul's saying, look, work with inner motivation. Look at verse 5, he's talking about with the sincere heart. It has to do with not being double-minded. Verse 6, he's talking about doing the will of God from the heart. You're really aiming to please God in, in, the, you know, in the work context that he's giving. And then verse 7, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. This phrase, goodwill, the Greek word is euonia, and what it means is, or what it translates to is the word wholehearted. It's where we get the word wholehearted. 
rendering, rendering service with a good will. This idea of being wholehearted, this is where a worker has a real regard towards his boss's interests, as if my boss's interests were my own interests. So I'm working hard because it's as if this really matters to me. It's as if this impacts me, my family. I go to work with that kind of focus, and I'm trying to please and make the master successful. I want to make the boss and this company successful. Now, this is a very, very different perspective. Now, compare this to the Gallup released these stats. These are, and I had people after this first service said, are those, were those true? Now, this was released in 2013. Only 13% of employees are engaged in their jobs. So in a room this size, you know, around 13, maybe 20 people are engaged, you know, according to this stat from Gallup, not that many people are fully engaged, meaning wholehearted, wholeheartedly working on their job. You know, not many people are emotionally investing themselves in their work. That's the emotional investment is where he's talking about that inner motivation, working with sincerity, not double-minded. This data was not just like one little sample, but this was data based on nationally representative polling samples in 2011 and 2012 from more than 140 countries. Then it says this, 63% are not engaged and unmotivated and unlikely to exert extra effort. So what that means is they're working with half their heart. Gallup says the majority of people you know, this poll revealed that they work with half of a heart. And then, while the remaining 24% are actively disengaged, what that means is they're, <laughs> they're swiveling on the chair. <laughs> they get to work and they're, they're playing games and charades and, and they're not really working. And they're, they're unhappy, they're unproductive, and someone's paying for that. But this pull to be disengaged is very real. That's why Paul's words here are so important and provide a real focus for us. The good news is just, you know, just working wholeheartedly is not just about a feeling that passes or makes you, you know, look good. It, it really gets results. Look at Ecclesiastes 10.10. Wholehearted people work in the right way, and they find success. When you work with your whole heart, God defines what success is. Now look at Ecclesiastes 10.10. If the axe is dull got a dull axe and you're chopping wood and one does not sharpen the edge then he must use more strength work becomes more of a grind that's like what we looked at last week from genesis 3 but wisdom brings success there's a way to work successfully and it's it's called wisdom It's, it's doing life god's way it's getting god's perspective on life and being willing to depart from the way we think think things ought to work if our ways don't line up with God's, we go with God's ways. That's what the wise person does. They walk with God. They approach life God's way. And with that, there's this promise of success. We put on the back of your listening guide just a list. Just Here's a list to kind of go through and do a, a Bible study on this, on, this, on this idea of wholehearted work. Look at the back. Wholehearted workers display this. You can find this list and you can study through all these verses and see and mull on this and, and pray through these issues. But look at this just listing. Wholehearted workers display appropriate and gracious speech. Effort that is real, energetic, diligent, timely, motivated by a need. That's what wholehearted workers display. 
And the flip side of that is half-hearted workers. Half-hearted workers display all talk, no actual work. Proverbs 14.23, haste, slack work, laziness. We gave you this list because we wanted you to be able to kind of wrestle with this issue of, am I working with my whole heart or am I working half-heartedly? And when we work with half our heart, we start giving all sorts of excuses. And what it does ultimately is half-hearted work gets us nowhere. Work becomes far more of a grind. We're exerting far more energy and we're, we're consuming a lot of the energy of the organization when we do that. Our attitude begins to burn on the inside. The days seem to go longer and longer. So there's this pull. There's this pull for us just to approach work haphazardly. But I would encourage you to work with a whole heart. We gave you this, these so that you could really maybe identify some things and really bring this to God and begin to pray through this issue of, of wholeheartedness at work. I want to invite Cody and our worship team to come back up to the stage and Kind of give us an opportunity to respond in song and in prayer to the Lord. There's some next steps. Here they are. Pick a successful work habit to focus on over the next month. Maybe just pick one thing that you know. You know, I am. Maybe look at the list of half-heartedness and you say, you know what, I can identify this area that I need to grow in. Ask God to show me where I'm being half-hearted with my responsibilities. Identify that and begin to turn a corner just knowing um, what it is requires, what God requires of us in this area. Before we, before we sing, I wanted to leave you with this thought. This is a, a quote from Charles Spurgeon, preacher from the 1800s. He, written long ago, but his words still ring true. says this, This is no unusual occurrence. It is the general rule of the moral universe that those men prosper who do their work with all their hearts, while those are almost certain to fail who go to their labor, leaving half their hearts behind them. That's going to work without the batteries included. Then he says this, God does not give harvests to idle men, except harvests of thistles, nor is he pleased to send wealth to those who will not dig in the field to find its hid treasure. It is universally confessed, confessed that if a man would prosper, he must be diligent in business. We're going to keep looking at this over the next couple of weeks. I'd invite you to come and join us for that. Let's pray together. Father, I, I just ask you to help us, Lord, as we approach the responsibilities that we have, the things that you've entrusted to us to do with the skills that you've given us. Lord, with our time, with our gifting, with our energy, Lord, help us to give our very best. Lord, help the, the energy and the effort that we produce for, for work to be really compared to our devotion to you. That's what Paul writes. Lord, that you would be pleased, that we would set our hearts and our focus and our hands to do things in a way that reflects our heart and our devotion for our Master, the Lord Jesus. Lord, help us in the week ahead, whether that is today we're heading into something that's going to be really difficult, or tomorrow, Lord, just help us to approach this from your perspective, not from our own, but Lord, help us to line up our lives with what your eternal word shows us to do. Help us to work with a whole heart, Lord. 
we continue to pray, pray that today would just be a, an enjoyable day for moms. Lord, would you encourage them? It's tough to work as a mom wholeheartedly. I pray that they would do that, Lord. I pray that you would strengthen them to be able to do that and bless them in their effort to do that. Bless the offering we're about to receive this morning. Would you use it to help us to be faithful to you, Lord, and to be on mission with what's on your heart, Lord. Help us to be effective in reaching more people, Lord, who are far from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.